0: Let's try this again. Good. Yes. We're we're good. Episode nineteen. Episode nineteen. Welcome back, pedestrians. We're sponsored by the Green Room, and we'll have an
1: official message from them later on in the podcast.
0: Because we're not gonna jerk each other off in your face this time. Stop stealing my joke. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we can. I wait. I stole that for myself. The Kanye joke. The Kanye joke. That's been in like every single episode. Anyway, we do Uh, have a guest today. We're gonna jump right into it because that's what we're gonna do this time. His name is Sam Rothstein. He is the Columbus plug. He is (laughs) the several (laughs) other cities plug, in my opinion, at least. That sounds like a character from The Wire. (laughs) I like that. So, right, let's get Ross to make a comic for the Columbus Plug. Yeah, He's got, like, a fucking... I uh, am now see. the Columbus Plug. Yes,
1: sounds like a supervillain
0: name. <laughs> Instead of, like, the, the power S, you got, like, the fucking... You got, like, a, like <laughs> an yeah. outlet.
2: I'm not going to smoke the cigarette, by the way, but I always hold a cigarette when I do podcasts. It's just a weird trying-to-quit-smoking thing that I do, so... Fair, Fair enough.
1: Off. Okay. You'll okay.
2: see me hit this, and you'll wonder why it's not lit, and <laughs> because it's the easiest way for me to quit smoking cigarettes is to just have one in It's my the format. Yeah, I, yeah. You gotta have, it's like the, it's, you know, my hand is addicted to smoking more yeah. than my lungs are and shit like that. So I
0: respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I got you. Yeah. Want to get right into it? Let's, let's some let's, questions. Let's get right into it. Okay. Do some interview shit. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the most overly worded question that I've ever written and then I'm going to shorten it afterward. Okay. <laughs> so. Sam Rothstein, what all encompasses your professional and creative identity? Which means just, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, man.
2: Yeah, that's a hard question. So <laughs> like, like, fuck you for me. <laughs> question number We got one. a harder one later, so um, have fun. <laughs> man, I don't know. I, uh, you know, when I started, it was, I was just a rapper, man. And I just wanted to write solid ass rap music. And, uh. Tell the reality of what was going on in my life and around where I lived and the people I knew, and um, you know the Sam Rothstein a lot. You know Sam Rothstein isn't my real name. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think it is, but it's not. It was, and it was chosen for a very specific reason, and it's based off a character in the movie Casino. Because when I started rapping, the um, like mobster names were coming back in rap, and so like back in the day, like when Biggie was big, uh, you know. Like mobster names for rappers was like a big thing. Like, Dude, yourself, yeah, yeah, calling yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself like Frank Luciano or whatever it was. Like that was a thing. Then it died out. But then it sort of slightly came back. Um, and so I was like, damn, I could do that. I could have a mafia s name. But I knew I never wanted to rap about violent stuff because I just never did that. And so I was like, hmm, who's in mob movies? Who's a badass in mob movies? But never did any killing. And it was Sam Rothstein. It was that character but he was also like a complete total boss as well like he ran shit and he put people on and whatnot so that's sort of like where a lot of the aesthetics of mine came from and the aesthetics of my music came from and like my beat selection and things like that um but as far as what all encompasses it now you know that's a hard question because now it's there's a lot more dimensions to it i do a lot more than just rap you know what i mean i direct music videos I do graphic design I book people I book tours I fucking create events I do a lot of different stuff that isn't um, you know doesn't just fit into the mold of who I was as a rapper or whatever so it's it's a trickier question to answer now by the way also I can't ignore this any longer you have a map of fucking ancient Greece (laughs) right there and that is so sick to me I'm sorry as soon as I saw that I just flipped the fuck out I love shit like that I would have a whole room just filled with shit like that if I could honestly I'm obsessed with like maps and just like Aerial views of cities and stuff like that. You also have a quite the Quentin Tarantino shrine. I do actually there.
0: we don't show that in the video um, uh, I wish we did but um, <laughs> I got like a full Quentin Tarantino wall. We got inglorious bastards. They hate filet We got Pulpix you need to get in. a reservoir dogs
2: poster yeah. in here though, man Dude,
0: I have to uh, my yeah. next place is gonna have a longer wall So I'm trying to get yeah. that. but uh, what he's referring to is a map of the Acropolis in Greece uh, Which yeah. I actually visited two years ago. So it's uh, so sick man. I bought that for like two euros Really? and they had it for him it so like $16 <laughs> yeah it's like I'm broke now like it's crazy and I was, um, but yeah I was like at the, I was dead ass
2: at the Acropolis that's sweet yeah it was so I've fun. never yeah. seen that I've been to Italy before I've yeah, seen yeah, some yeah. ruins in Italy but I love it it wasn't like in Rome or anything like that it was okay. in Venice but um I've been there too so. man it is crazy when you see something that you know is like oh this is over 2,000 years old yeah like this has been yeah. here for fucking ever yeah. like cause like in here we're like man this tree Trees like 400 years old. <laughs> that's like the oldest shit we have in America is like trees. But over there, they're just like, yeah, this road like Romans walked on this road. Like that's insane to and me. And it's still here. Yeah, and it's still in it, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it still never broke. On this road. It never <laughs> broke. Meanwhile, yeah. every single summer we have to work on the roads here in the twenty-first century.
0: Why can't we just do what they did? I don't like, know. Did, not,
2: did that not work
0: well enough for us? Well, no. you
2: know, the roads also weren't that big, and horses weren't as heavy as semi-trucks, so sure. I, that might have something. Because now it's not like you know, in those roads that the Romans like built that are still standing today, like they just have those little tiny European clown cars on them. Like they don't have <laughs> like dump trucks and shit like that that we have in America or whatever. Like Italy couldn't survive hillbillies. Like American hillbillies make all roads. Would, you know, crack and break apart because their trucks are so fucking big. But dude, anyway.
0: it's always every man for themselves driving in Europe. Yeah, we're so yeah. scary.
1: It's, it's almost half the time it's every man for himself when you're driving on the freaking highways in Columbus
0: you know. <laughs> yeah we we're, were going to pick him up trying to get it over in like six lanes or whatever it's
2: just everybody's trying to get over trying some trying truck up.
1: was trying to take was trying to move in on the lane that I was moving in on I was like sorry buddy
2: you guys also picked the worst time to pick me up yeah like, it was you picked me rough. up at 4.30 and then yeah. trying to get back across Columbus but we got here on time, though. We started yeah. at 5.30, though, so I'm pretty impressed with this. Yeah. Pretty decent stuff, yeah. I'm okay with that. It's, ha- it's hard to find punctuality in the art world, yeah. you know, in the entertainment world. Punctuality is just not a thing that happens. Everything just takes a mm-hmm. little bit longer. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you, you got you to gotta be a little on time when there's a semi about to pass over you. <laughs> it's that yeah.
1: scene from Christmas Vacation where they're just driving under the under the truck that's
2: what it felt like then. or like in the Fast and Furious in the very uh, first yeah. one yeah. yeah and you could totally if you go back and watch it you could totally tell that they raised those semi trucks up like oh, yeah. two feet to yeah. get those cars <laughs> under it and there's like these giant mysterious black blocks over the wheels for no reason at all. <laughs> you're like oh, I've never seen a semi truck look like that but in the late 90s or whatever when you're watching that for the first time you're like yo that's crazy the cars are so out to the ground cause I saw that shit in theaters the day not the day it came out but the weekend it came out my, my
1: stepdad and like, I that's our favorite movie to like really kind of riff on we love whenever Tokyo Drift comes on oh, we, like, yeah. <laughs> we gotta make
2: a point <laughs> to
0: watch <laughs> it
2: <laughs> shout out to Raiden he played that at the last space camp and it went the fuck off that song is sweet I Tokyo think, Drift is actually a sweet movie too yeah. I defy anybody to tell me that movie's shitty I really really I liked it the best. I think it's the best out of the series it's one of them I yeah. think so too honestly I really didn't like the second one but I really love the first one the yeah. first one is just a flat out good movie I refuse for yeah. anybody to like because it didn't have the same corniness that the newer ones had. Right. But, like, the first one, like, was, you know, written by legit crime people, like, crime writers and stuff like that, and, like, directed by good people. But uh, I think, like, Doug Lyman directed that movie or something. Was it? But, um, I don't know. Anyway, don't make me go on a fucking movie tangent <laughs> <laughs> about
1: Fast and I really like the seventh one because they, like, had that whole tribute to Paul Walker mm-hmm. at the end. Did you I th- it I it is okay. crazy how they,
2: like, remade him in the movies after that, too. Yeah. I, fa- I,
1: found, I thought it was crazy how, like, a lot of people see that, like, last scene where he turns his head looking at Ben Diesel as, like, mm-hmm. that's the fake Paul Walker yeah. bit. But, like, there's, like, a dozen other shots in that movie where it's, like, they completely redid.
2: Oh, yeah. They yeah. used his brother. Yeah. They used his brother oh,
1: and then they, they like, like... Yeah, they used his brother for, like, the motion cap and then took like his phone either using
2: like a deep fake or like completely yeah. created his head and deep mouth. fakes are horrifying that <laughs> that is the stuff of like the end times to yeah. me like when they perfectly replicated joe rogan i was like we're all gonna die yeah like
0: but would you be flattered
2: or freaked out if you saw a deep fake of you well, first of all, I wouldn't know if it was a deep fake. Yeah. I, I, like, I did that shit. I, yeah, because I've done so many podcasts at this point, and I've been drunk for like half of them. <laughs> so like, I don't know what I've said and half this stuff. So when like, man, I've had people hit me up about shit I said on podcasts. It's like, yo, why would you say that? And I'm just like, I, I don't remember <laughs> saying it. I'm sorry. Was that me? And then they bring it up. My mom found out I was an atheist on my podcast. Oh, Yeah, Ooh. she was not happy about that. That was the only lie I'd ever kept from my mom. It was the really? only thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I wasn't, like, a terrible kid. I didn't have to keep a lot of stuff from my mom. Yeah. But, like, you know, I moved out at 18. So, like, you know, I, I it's not like I needed to hide stuff from her. So when she found out I smoked weed, she was like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'll fucking, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. But, uh, you know, then when she heard that on the podcast, though, because I didn't realize how much she listened. And when you, you guys probably know, too, like, do you guys go back and listen to your podcast? Yeah. Yeah, uh, mostly to find mistakes if we yeah. can fix you guys yeah. still edit them and stuff like that. Yeah, man,
0: I, I we used to go back and just like
1: scrub through the audio, but now that we're doing video, it's kind of like, all right, now we've got the video file, we've got the audio file. Yeah. Let me sit down for five hours straight, chug a few monsters, and get this bitch out before Wednesday morning. Yeah, facts. Yeah, you know, that I can would... do that shit too. Right? I know.
2: I probably might have yeted a couple here and there over the summer. But... That's fine. I can totally do that. Yeah. yeah I don't know I for a while I was editing my podcast and stuff because I had guests on there that really were just saying shit that it's like you can't yeah. you, you can't <laughs> say that <laughs> and, uh, and so I would have to go through and edit but then it just got to the point that I was like I don't give a fuck man because if someone hears something they don't like and they make a big stink about it it's just going to draw attention to it right. so I'm just like hey, I sure think that.
1: we've only had to edit out like one or two bits or jokes that we made that yeah. we were like uh, I can go overboard sometimes. yeah, it was I think like once an like episode.
2: where did you edit it because it was like it was just unfunny or or was it was, it was like, like either
1: unfunny or just untasteful? See, uh, I yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah.
0: but you didn't. So well I thought I, I, it was I, I thought it decision. was
1: funny, but like at the time, I didn't think that it was a joke that people were gonna be like, Especially when they're going
0: to be like, uh uh-huh. Yeah, especially our audience, because yeah. people are sensitive, man. Yeah. They yeah. can be. It's Freaking libtards. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking libtards. I'm just kidding. Gap Canceled. Trying to make a classic when it just
2: gets chosen by the masses, <laughs> man. And I don't even know my name no more. I don't even know
1: my name like what. But I guess we'll go ahead and mosey on. Our way towards the questions that we have. Yeah, you guys oh. have a list. We you got guys a, list. Have a yes. real list. We, we got, got quite so a bit, man. When did you decide, or how did you decide, that, you know, rapping and just kind of production was going to be the way that you were going to, like, how did, when did you find out that, um, you know, this is where I'm going to go into rap, I'm going to go into music, I'm just going to go into production in general?
2: Well, I mean, like, I, I don't know, I was working security and I worked in this guard shack and I would check trucks in so 90% of the day I wasn't talking to anybody and I had recently you know about a year before I had not even a year before but it was a little while before I had broken up with a girl I was with for like seven years wow. and so we were together from the time I was 18 to like 23 and you know, it was like the first time, you know, I had a little bit of an identity crisis, you know, because I was like, damn, like, I'm an adult now, I was living on my own, because we had lived together for a little while, and I had lived on my own, you know, or I had, like, not lived with my parents since I was 18, and, but we'd been together that whole time, and, like, half the time we were together probably shouldn't have been or whatever, but then once you're finally done with that relationship, you're like, oh, shit, like, who, who the fuck am I, and... I had always, I'd been listening to hip-hop and writing raps for most of my life, and I'd always loved hip-hop because it was like my genre of music, and I didn't really have any memories related to it, or there were no like, you know, I mean, you guys probably know how it is. You have a girlfriend or whatever, you both, you and your girlfriend love this song, you guys break up, you don't want to hear that fucking song anymore. Yeah. Well, hip-hop, nobody in my life listened to it, so it was all mine, so it was the music I ran to and whatnot, and... Um, I was still making music at that point. I'd been making music the whole time I was in that relationship. And I basically just started toying around. Like Tyler, the creator, was kind of a big inspiration, to be honest. Because I hadn't listened to hip-hop in a couple years. I had kind of tuned out of it because I just didn't really like a lot of what was going on. This was like the Lil Wayne mixtape era, for the most part. And so I started listening to... I heard Tyler, the Creator's very first album, Bastard. I got it off the Odd Future, uh, Wolfgang, Kill Them All website. Like the first website they'd ever built. You could tell the recording was like in their living room. And uh, and I loved it because I was like, damn, these are guys like me. Like they were you could tell they were just sitting around making music. Then I heard like Big Crit. And then I heard I found a couple more artists, you know, Action Bronson and like ASAP Rocky. And it was sort of that generation of rap was coming up. And I was like, damn. These guys are like rapping stuff that I like. And it's not really about violence or anything. It's about partying or whatever. And just like my life, the way I was living it started aligning with rap and the music I was listening to. And then I eventually I just got possessed. It was the summer of 2013. I just got possessed to start writing raps. And uh, I didn't have any beats yet. I didn't know what I was going to do. I figured I could find some or whatever. Um, So then that whole summer I just spent writing my first mixtape. And I still was unsure about what I was going to do with it, if I was going to actually do anything. But then I randomly met um, this guy named Jay Storm, who's a good friend of mine still to this day. He's the first hip-hop friend I ever met. He taught me, like, half of what I know. But I randomly ran into him when I was on acid at a party one time. And it was this party way out in the country. I was like dressed in a fur coat and like gym shorts and like combat boots and it's an interesting i I was a mess i was a total mess and there were like off-duty cops at this fucking party like it was the wrong party for me to be at but it was my friend hillary and i forgot how much of a country girl she was and how many just country people she knew and so but then he was like the only him and his cousin were there and they were like rapping and shit and i was like oh finally someone i can fucking relate to but then he slowly started telling me, like, yo, you should take this serious. You should release a mixtape. You should do this and that. So then I didn't talk to him. I, you know, we'd only see each other about one month or you know, once every month. And then after, like, two months, he came over one time. And I was like, hey, I want to show you something. And I showed him my mixtape. So that was, I guess, the, the first decision to do it. And, like, um, but in terms of my interest, I'd always wanted to get into... I'd always wanted to, like, be in entertainment. I'd always wanted to make music, and I've been making music since I was 14. Like, I recorded my first song, I think, when I was 16, maybe. And uh, so I always knew that was kind of one of the things, but I'd have essentially just kind of given up on it. Because when you live in a small town, man, you're like, you know, everybody... And this is also, like, right as I graduated, like, the recession happened. So there were fucking no jobs anywhere. Yeah. And everyone is just freaking out about money. And gas is three seventy five a gallon. And, like, it was just, you know, and when you live in a small town, people basically tell you, like, hey, you better get that factory job. Because, like, that's all there is to get. And so I just kind of assumed, like, yeah, I would just be one of those people that kind of had a dream but just wasn't able to do it because I never had enough money and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'd already sort of given up in a way. But then I just realized, I was like, no, there's no reason to do that, and I'm in control of it 100%. I don't know what the thing was that sort of clicked or told me that, but um, I just started doing it, man. And then after I released the first mixtape, it was six months until I released my next project, and I just kind of kept it moving from there.
0: That's nice. dope, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First time I ever saw you, and I think I talked to you this evening, too, was, uh 2016 uh, Fools for Hip Hop Fest over at the Vanderelli. Yeah. Remember yeah. that night? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I, re- I, I know I was there. I don't remember that
2: night. Um, I, uh, man, I do a lot of shows, so it's like. Fair enough. Because um, yeah. I remember the first time I talked to you was at Victories because yeah. you showed up super early one time mm-hmm. and I remember I you were always asking about shows being like yo is it under or is it like 18 and up cool or whatever and I was like yo why is he so fucking stressed about this but then now I know why Yeah. <laughs> <so> stressed <laughs> about it because you're young as fuck but uh yeah, I've been kicked out of so many shows yeah I
0: thought it was 18 plus it was 21 plus so I've driven like half an hour yeah just to get kicked out of shows mm. so I, I freak out about that stuff yeah and if I get some like I've had people tell me that it's not and then it is.
2: Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it does, that stuff does happen, man. I, I got put in a position last weekend at a show that I was throwing for Prodigal's tour. And uh, he would actually be a good guest to get on this podcast as well. Yeah. But uh, he
0: reposted his album.
2: Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, he, uh, you know, the bar basically told us like, hey, were, they we're capping the amount of people under 21 at like 10. And so sure enough, 10 people were already in the bar waiting when we got there. And so then it just turned into, like, more and more people showed up that were under 21. And we had to keep asking the bar, like, can they come in, please? Because we want to get their money from the door, too. And we would just yeah. want people in the show. But the bar is like, hey, we can't do anything with 18-year-olds here. So, you know, it it gets kind of uh, tricky or whatever. But, no, the 2016 Fools for Hip Hop Fest, I was... Oh god, I can't. Oh fuck, I remember that one because Tino was there. Yeah, I didn't stay very long too. You put on a
0: kick-ass show, man. That's yeah,
2: so Tino's cool. great. Tino's also yeah. Tino was the first person to ever hear me rap. Really? Yeah, he was the first. Oh. I had done before I showed any of my friends anything, and I just came up with a name, Sam Rossi and recorded some like proto versions of songs that I had, and I put them on SoundCloud, and I was like, okay this is where I'm obviously gonna meet people that are doing music so I typed in Ohio Hip Hop and boop his song Ohio was the first thing that came up so I listened to it I was like yeah that's pretty good so I sent it to him and he was like yo man you snapped on this and I was just like because I could tell he was like a real rapper like he had been like doing it and stuff he had plays on his music and all that and uh And so then randomly we met, like, years later, just randomly. And I was like, yo, I think I sent you some music on SoundCloud. He was like, I thought that was you. (laughs) And then we've been been pretty close friends ever since, man. I always try to bring him up here to Columbus. He always tries to get me down to Dayton. He's got me down there a lot. But yeah, Tino was there. My dudes, the Wright brothers, were there. Yes. um, From Maryland. They were also some of the first people I'd ever met in hip-hop. And I met them through J-Storm. And Izzy Strange was there. Also one of the first people I'd ever met in hip-hop. Also met through fucking J-Storm.
0: Nice.
2: And uh, that was a really good night. And I had, I had to go, though, because I went to a party later that night. And it was so funny because, like, Tina was like, yo, my headlight's out in my car. can I, So I can't drive home. Can I crash with you? I was like, that's fine, but I'm going to a party after this. And so I'm going to be up, like, late. Because it was like, it wasn't just like a drinking party. It was like, we're going to do fucking drugs. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so... <laughs> Uh, he was like, I knew he was sober too. Tino doesn't do anything. He he'll drink, he'll maybe have a drink here or there, I think, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't do anything. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, well, that's perfect because I don't go to sleep till like six in the morning anyway, regularly. I was like, that's random, but okay. <laughs> and so he went yeah. with me to this house full of fucking people that were strangers to him, but I knew them all. But everybody was just smacked, man. Like everybody was on Molly in there and acid and all types of shit. and It was wild. But I just kicked it with Tino the whole night and it was a really, really good time. We didn't have any incident and he got to be my DD and get me home safely and whatnot. So nice. it worked out really well. So yeah, I do remember that, but that's okay. why <laughs> I had <a> trouble remembering <laughs> that uh, fucking show. Fair enough. So, yeah, I usually don't party a whole bunch after shows anymore. And I don't really party like that period anymore. Yeah. Like just because I'm 30. Like you just can't, you can only do that shit for so long. Yeah. But uh,
1: I remember we went to your show at Victories, I think it was last month.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, your release show for a yeah, yeah. and it was uh, I think it was supposed to start earlier or something and you were like we're gonna go ahead and get started because I don't want to wait too late to get drunk <laughs> yeah
2: like, <laughs> sometimes man it's just annoying when I'm like you know when people book shows if they don't if they're not an artist themselves they think when they give somebody the headliner slot that's like a coveted position but nobody wants to be the headliner. Unless it's really your headlining show and you're fucking Fergie or whatever and everyone's there to see you. But nobody wants to be the headliner. Nobody wants to go on first and nobody wants to go on last. You want to go on right in the middle. So when it's a release show, and it's my release show, I'm just like, nah, eh, I'm going out in the middle. I, I want to get drunk. Like, I don't want to have to wait all night and be nervous. Because with release shows, it's like... It's not a regular show. Yeah. I could do a regular set up there and it'd just be fine, but like, it, it was all brand new material that I just memorized, and in I had memorized it in theory. Like, I didn't know if I'd memorized it yet, because like, it's not memorized until you actually wrap it and whatnot, and you get yeah. it out there again. So, I don't think I made really that many mistakes, though. I made like one or two, but they were mostly in the acapella, so nobody could tell.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you did, I'd... I didn't fucking notice. So. Yeah, most people say that and I just don't yeah. ever believe them when they yeah. say that. <laughs> there was that one that you did.
1: I can't remember the title but it was, you're like, we're not going to do any beat, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. What was the name of it? Uh, it's called Sirens. Sirens. Yeah. I, I'm a huge spoken word poetry guy because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking dork. Watsky. But, uh, you like Watsky? I'm a huge George Watsky fan. And I don't know what? if you ever listened to I don't it, know um, but he, like, he got—he's a rapper, but he got to start doing spoken word poetry. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when, like, I was
2: re- already really enjoying your show, but then when you did that, I was just like, kind of like—it's so funny because so many people, you know, to me, it's just an acapella, but to so many other people, they're like, yeah, I didn't know you did spoken word poetry, and I'm like, I don't—it's just an acapella, <laughs> yeah. but but it is, but they are the same, like right. they're the, they're the same exact thing. And I just, with that one, man, like, I knew I wanted, on most of my older projects, I've had at least one acapella or one moment in the project somewhere where it's just my voice. Mm -hmm. And I've always enjoyed doing that. And I've always enjoyed not being restricted by a beat and just getting to, because then you can play around more with, um, kind of rapping and talking at the same time. You can say more complicated ideas and stuff like that when you're doing more spoken word stuff. But I just felt like, you know, it had been so long since I had released music and it had been so long since I had released anything sort of like lyrically complicated, I guess, for lack of a better word, that I was just like, you know what? Because I was in full don't give a fuck mode when I made Lights Out in the Palace. I was just completely like, I just want to uh, you know release something I think is cool and the concept that I like but I was like fuck it I'll make the intro like a five minute long spoken word thing so it's like they have to listen to it if they want to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to the end or whatever but yeah the feedback on that's been really good and I just yeah. wanted to kind of be truthful and show people that it's like yeah I can still do this type of shit too even though I've sort of changed my flow and the beats I go over a little bit more than I used to or whatever yeah
1: and I, I like hip hop I like rap but I uh, I really like spoken word because I feel like the beat and the instrumentals can kind of take away from the lyrics, and I personally yeah. I tend to focus more on the lyrics than I do the actual yeah. what's behind it.
2: That's a lot. A lot of people do, man. There's um. That's the interesting thing about hip hop is I feel like it's becoming sort of factional in terms of as more younger white people I don't know how else to say it delicately but as more white people get into listening to hip hop and stuff like that they often don't listen to hip hop with other people they listen to it by themselves Mm -hmm. and so they don't hear it in a community like nobody wants to listen to spoken word in a club like that just sucks like because when you're in a club you're with people you all want to hear the music together girls want to dance people want to drink blah 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 right but when you're by yourself If you're just listening to Lil Jon all day when you're by yourself, (laughs) some people do do that. But it's like, you know, a lot of people are music listeners. Mm -hmm. They're there and they have the headphones in and they want to listen. They want to discover something in that, you know what I mean? And with Migos or Future or whatever, I'm not even trying to dog on the music, but there's only so much you can learn from that after a while. So people that are just sort of listeners of hip-hop and don't go to tons of shows and aren't out there in it all the time do tend to gravitate towards more lyrical stuff because there's more meat to chew on, basically. You know what I mean? There's more to discover there. And I'm definitely the same way. You know, I would rather... The type of hip-hop I started making changed because of how many shows I did. Because I was like, okay, I can't just do super lyrical, spiritual, miracle stuff all day and night uh, because... I'm entertaining a crowd. It's not just about art anymore. It's about entertainment as well. And um, so that... But yeah, me doing Sirens was a reaction to that. Of like, it had been so long of me doing songs that I were trying to make into bangers or make that are more accessible for a crowd of people or whatever, that I was like, fuck it, do something completely inaccessible, completely, you know, lyrical, spiritual miracle, whatever <laughs> type stuff. So that's basically why I did that.
0: I have the exact Boy. opposite problem. Or anytime I write something, like I, I'm a big Aesop Rock fan, mm-hmm. so obviously his music is lyrically like more more unique words. Like, have you seen that chart where he's like way yeah. over everybody? Yeah. So I'm just generally a wordy person, and I use a lot of big long words. And, yeah. Uh, that's just the way I present myself, and so when I write music, that comes out a lot. And I have. Zero potential of writing a banger. Like I can't write a party song.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's also I don't listen to that either. Yeah, you know? but and yeah, you have no potential to do it because it's not your truth. Exactly, that's not yeah. who you are. I have zero potential to write a party banger because I don't fucking party anymore. I came close when I partied and when I did stuff. But the hardest part about rap is just living like a rapper. Yeah. Like, that's the hardest part. Because most people are just regular people who just want to write music. And if you make folk music, you can sing about whatever the fuck you want. And no one bats an eye. No one cares ever. if you have a guitar in front of you and you're singing the words, people don't ever scrutinize or look at what you're saying. But as soon as you start rapping it, everything changes. And like me, Aesop Rock, he is obviously one of the most talented artist, I think, independent artist of all time, really. Um, I fucking hate his music. I, really? I, yeah, I cannot stand it because I hate that many big words and stuff. I just I respect that I just... opinion, though. Well, it's like... just, um, he is, look, he's a legend, and he's a legend for a reason. And he's one of the greatest freestylers of all time, too. But, um, I don't know, man, I just like, uh, sometimes I feel like dudes are just rhyming words. Like, that's how I feel about Eminem now. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you're just rhyming words. You're not saying anything, but you're just rhyming a bunch of words together. Spiritual lyrical miracle. Yes. And yeah. that is the stuff that I knew. Cause I had that crowd that likes that stuff. I had them in my fucking pocket early on. Like yeah. I could have appealed. Cause that's why like, you know, like illogic and then from super duty. That's why they know who I am. It was yeah. because like when I first came out and I was doing more stuff like that rap wise, A lot of the old heads and dude, you know, and I don't even say that disrespectfully either. I just mean like the older guard of hip hop noticed me. And they were like, who the fuck is this random white dude with the beard that's like (laughs) rapping like this? But I also knew that I was going to be stuck in the mud if I stayed in that position. And if I only catered to that thing. Yeah. So every project I've ever done has been outrunning something. You know what I mean? And trying to like get to some new space i guess all right time is cash and they don't give it out so when you grab that bag be in and out long as that whip ain't crashing the spinning out we gonna smash a couple baddies so we smashing in and out eat up
1: an episode of the Gab Street Podcast would not be without a mention of our sponsor, The Green Room. The Green Room is a shop that will be opening up near the end of 2019 and will feature products from t-shirts to tobacco products, similar to a Spencer's or a Waterbeds and stuff if you've ever been to one of those. If you're interested in hearing more about The Green Room and where you can find one of these stores, make sure to tune into more episodes of the Gab Street Podcast. Now
0: back to the show. Yeah. You guys feel like doing a longer episode? Are you cool with that? Because like I, I like we get... still got a lot
2: to talk about. It. I think we can go up to about an hour and a half if we want to. It's my, I'm so glad you said that because yeah. every podcast I've ever been on is like, you
0: want to do a longer episode? to <laughs> do a longer
2: episode? Because <laughs> they realize, well, because I always warn people I'm like, hey, I'll, I'm going to fucking talk <laughs> if I'm on your podcast. And they're like, oh ah, yeah, we'll be fine. Let's do it. We, we probably could have done like three hours
0: with Jackson, honestly. We honestly could. Yeah. Like, Shout out Jackson once again because we fucking
1: love you. We found out he was the one that bought that shirt. He bought the shirt. Yes. yes yeah, we actually we sell merch up on Redbubble. oh like okay. We had a reference. We like had a reference shirt that we did from when Kenneth was on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we had like, and he bought it. And
2: oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank you for supporting us. You're awesome. Big shout out to Kenneth. He's one of the most supportive people in the scene. Yeah, I love be. Kenneth so much.
0: Actually, like yeah, he we, he was we, one of the first people I ever met in the we did the okay. episode with
1: him and then like the next day we went to your show and he, he showed up and we were like oh hey long time Nancy. yeah yeah yeah." that
2: was the day before <laughs> yeah, wasn't was like it the, yeah. yeah that was great he's been on almost he's been to almost every one of my shows nice, up, nice. I would say at least two thirds of them and that's a lot of fucking shows in the <laughs> past two years that's sweet and it's not even like his like his vocation oh. either oh like it's not his money maker it's not his thing he just oh. likes it he just does, does it. It. yeah because yeah. I mean everybody started hearing about him at the same time people were just like who the fuck is this hip hop c-bus guy and like somehow that name had never been taken on Instagram <laughs> and like he just got it but uh you know and then he told me who he was I was like oh shit okay and cause I guess my one of my shows was one of the first ones he had ever been to I don't know which show it was though I think I was at the summit or something like that yeah,
0: but, yeah. that was a show I got kicked out of really <laughs> the
2: summit i was
0: trying to see uh emperor chaz there and uh oh. yeah i was waving money in the person's face like just let me the fuck in i'm yeah. not gonna drink they it's don't, fine they don't
2: care about that yeah they don't i know scully's if you're under 21 they pay a five dollar fee yeah you uh, in some yeah a lot of places are like that it just depends on the bar man but yeah. any bar near campus is way strict about that if they're near campus they don't want to mess with it so
1: yeah fair enough
2: Yeah, it is campus
1: I don't think victories they don't give a shit do they
2: no, no victories doesn't card because they just card at the bar yeah so yeah they've never
0: approached me or anything so that's
2: Yeah, that's cool. well because their their place is more like just we're letting people in because people can do sh- more shit than drink there too mm-hmm. people yeah. want to get food or whatever so True. a
1: friend of my dad's had a band uh, that was relatively big in Columbus back in the day called 171 yeah like, um, mm-hmm. but apparently they used to play there like all the fucking time and they were like on the blitz and shit ugh <laughs> uh, yeah that's cool I never knew that yeah all right. I You know, I don't know if I ever... The, I have, like, some of their... Kyle, who's the lead singer, was in a band before that called Delightfully Strange. And that, they were, like, starting to get up there. But then... And my dad went to high school with those guys. My, mom, my parents went to high school with those guys. And uh, eventually, I think, they broke up. Then Kyle started 171. Then stuff happened. And now Kyle has, like, a new band called Alternative Nation, which I don't think is... You know, nearly as big as his past projects, but he's still he's still out there.
2: Yeah, I admire any band that can get their shit to where it's, like, popular or whatever. Because to do anything, it's hard enough to do it as a rapper when it's, like, basically your own vision that you're responsible for carrying out. Yeah. But then when you have to deal with a group of people, because, like, when you're in a band, you just have four girlfriends you can't have sex with basically it's just like four girlfriends that you're gonna fight with and all this other stuff but you can't like you get none of the girlfriend benefits whatsoever and like that's what being in a band is you just have to make this weird super hetero polyamorous relationship work and it just doesn't uh i don't know man i can never do it i've been in bands before too because i play drums i play guitar and um I've played with groups of guys too, and that's honestly like the biggest goal of my thirties, other than getting my first feature film made, is just uh, getting like finding a group of people I can play with. Yeah, you know, and like just jam with and stuff like that, and Rem- be in a band with.
0: Reminds me of a certain group of uh, video makers. Did you that- that you make an outage couch reference. Yeah, I am. We used to do a thing, and uh, what do. you just described sounds very. There's a group of us that used to
1: make YouTube videos, but it kinda like yeah. kicked its pants about a year
0: <laughs> in.
2: Uh, it can, man. Yeah. I learned
0: shit from it though. I learned so live, much. You from live that. and you learn.
2: You have to, man. That's what right. it's all about. It's all because my thing is, man, when I want to work with people, I don't want to know what their successes are. I want to know what their failures are. Yeah. And because if if people don't have any failures, that means they're not trying anything interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, man, I just call it eating a dick. Like, it's, that's always been my phrase. <laughs> so many people don't like it when I say it, but I just, it's always been my phrase. But it's like, sometimes you just got to eat that dick, man. Like, that's just, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, and me and Raiden have always said that too, because it's just like, we try a lot of new show ideas and stuff. We try a lot of new concepts with shows, and they don't always work. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like... You get paid in a lesson as opposed to getting paid in money. You yeah. Know? So, yeah.
0: How did uh did you end up doing any more of that beat
2: meat series? Um, we wanted to do a third one, but I didn't really run beat meat. I just sort of helped facilitate it and hmm. hosted it. Shout out to Annie uh, Nokler. She is oh, no, her. Yeah. her and Evan the redhead kind of came up with the idea for beat meat, and then they just sort of came to me and tried to figure out how to put it on and um i think i got us into two truths the first time and hampton's the second time but i wanted to do a third one i wanted to do a more regular but when i kind of approached them about it they seemed like they had different plans for it or they were wanting to work on other stuff and wanted it to be more of a special thing as opposed to a reoccurring thing yeah so i haven't heard any more from them about it because also annie moved she lives in either cincinnati or dayton now Okay. Um, but big shout-out to her and everybody in the Beat Me crew. I love them all to death. It's one of the most fun events uh, I've ever been a part of, honestly. It's yeah, great. I just went to the second one, I think, and it was, it was pretty fun. I like yeah, it a yeah. lot. It's, yeah. just, it's just a fucking circus. It's just like American yeah. Gladiators with, you know, <laughs> lyrics and beats, basically. So... Yeah, K Bronx was there with me. I'm like, dude, just run up there, and, like, hand him a flash
0: drive, just be like, put him on there. I don't know if that'll work or not, but yeah, it won't. It won't, it won't, it
2: won't. <laughs> I figured it wouldn't, but he was kind of best to do it. And every single hip hop show I've ever been to, there's that one guy. Who's like, Bro, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I could be probably about a thousand bucks richer right now if I took all the money from dudes that said, like, y'all Yo, pay you right now to get me on stage. Like, I could have easily $1,000 in my bank account from just the amount of people I've said no to with that.
0: But $10,000 in dignity.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck dignity. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'd rather have the uh, (laughs) $1,000. No, it's it's really just... um, You know, I'm not going to compromise the integrity of one of my shows because I've buckled before and done that and like let people sort of bully their way on the stage. Yeah. And it's just, it's never, it's never right because it's a slap in the face to the guys that got booked yeah you know what i mean it's like if any old asshole can just walk off the street but in hip-hop that just seems to be a thing that rappers are just programmed to fucking ask is just like yo can i get on like can i get a slot? it's like no dude (laughs) and it's like yo i'll release the flyer to a show all you assholes watching please just don't do this (laughs) we'll release a flyer to a show yo are there any slots left it's like no that's why we released the flyer to the show. <laughs> That's why we have a list of fucking artists right here for you to see. No, there's no slots left. When we released the Cloud City lineup, yo, is there any slots left? It's like no, no. We there's 26 slots that we just gave you right here. No, there's no slots left. I saw that
0: for Two by Two Fest. Shout out Two by Two Man. Fest and Josh Miller. First yeah. of all, repping the repping the the fest today. But I got my work clothes on. Yeah, you're repping Micro cool. Center right now. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, like, I've watched in person, because I used to volunteer there, I'm just going Mm -hmm. this year, but I, I volunteered there for like two or three years, and I would physically watch rappers walk up to Josh Miller and Cole Baker, yeah, and just be like, hey, at the festival,
2: yeah. Can I get on here? Yeah, and he's got to go, no, man, and blah, 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 and like, <laughs> act like he's not utterly fucking offended at the question. And uh, yeah, so nice I've seen him it. do it too. Because if it ever happens, when I if I'm at a buddy of mine that's throwing a show, and I see it happen to them, I'm just like, yo, get the fuck on, dude. Then I'm like, no, you can't get on. And are who the fuck are you? And I'm like, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, that shit is infuriating to me. But then again, part of me gets it. Like, that's the reason I'm okay at throwing shows is because... I was that rapper that was like, fuck, you see a show happening and you're just like, how do I, how do I get on there? How yeah. do I do this? And, uh, you know, but early on I just had people show, I got to watch my buddy Jay Storm cause he was throwing shows. He was from LA, moved to Virginia and then had just moved back to Ohio and he was throwing shows in a city that he didn't even live in, in Ohio. And so I just realized, I was like, oh, this is just knowing people. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just knowing people. And that's all the entertainment business is just period. So there, pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> no people. <laughs> I thought I found a light, but now I found it's turning black. They tell me slow down, I'm acting like I ain't heard of that. Cause it's the feeling that I get after I murder tracks.
1: Speaking of, you know, shows and Cloud City, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what is yeah. what
2: is Cloud City? So, Cloud City is a multimedia bazaar. We, um, we're we trying not to call it a festival, but for lack of a better term, it is a festival. Even though a multimedia bazaar is technically supposed to be the better term. I like that. But um, yeah. we wanted to do, my friend Cassie approached me and Raiden. Um, She's been very helpful to us and very supportive of our events and whatnot. And she runs uh, Matter News. Um, she Ooh. also helps start the Move 614, which is basically an organization that just tells people what's going on every weekend in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And um, she, you know, approached us and was like, hey, I want to throw a festival with you guys. What do you guys think? Me and Raiden had been talking for the past year about like, hey, man, 2019, we're going to throw a festival. Like we're going to do something festival sized so we were just like okay fuck it i guess this is going to be the festival that we do and um you know we came up with the name decided we wanted to call it cloud city that was just a name me and raiden had laying around for uh you know we have a whole list of just good cool names for shit and so like when we finally have an opportunity we'll pluck one out and use it but i always thought cloud city would be a good name for a festival but then i was just like okay but if we're gonna call it cloud city i say because budget wise and we had uh, so many things working against us just as a first year festival, we weren't going to be able to compete in size with ComFest fest or, you know, any of the other bigger festivals that go on shit like two by two Fest That's had, you know, four years under its belt. Yeah. But, uh, when it comes to originality, I knew we could win. So I was like, we need to make this an actual city. We need to treat it. I wanted to treat it like it was, like, you guys play video games and shit, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, I wanted to treat it like an open world game. Yeah. I wanted to build something that's like a little world for people to walk into and they can go explore shit and look around everywhere and there's different buildings to go inside of and stuff like that. Got side quests and stuff? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I've no one else in the making of the festival has really been looking at it that way. But that was always my vision and like it was always my intent. To create a very immersive world that feels like it's been there long before you ever got there. Mm. And so that's when I was just like, fuck it, we'll have skating in there, we'll have VR in there, we'll have gaming, uh, you know, fashion, dance, film. Uh, we wanted to focus more on art forms that aren't really your typical festival fair. We didn't want a bunch of fucking bead necklaces and, you know, just like indie rock bands and stuff like that. Because that's what a lot of festivals are. Yep. And, um, and that's all fine and good. That's cool. But we wanted to do something that's like more EDM, hip hop centric, kind of futuristic feeling. <clears throat> do you guys ever play Jet Set Radio? Have you ever played any of those radio? Uh, yeah, is. Isn't that top so. down?
0: No, no, it, I'm thinking of something. Else.
1: It's like have you ever have you heard of a uh, Sunset Overdrive? Yeah. It's like it's kinda it's, like that. Sunset Overdrive is like a spiritual successor mm-hmm. in a okay. way. Um, that's right just kind of like it's like think of a tony hawk game but you're on rollerblades and you're going through an entire city rather than a state
2: yeah and you're graffitiing stuff yeah it's like it was it's about like um these group of kids there's these rollerblade gangs in in tokyo and they all get their like anti-corporate propaganda from this radio station called Jet Set Radio and this like DJ like tells them secret messages and stuff. But it's all about you just rollerblading around this city and spray painting shit and that's all it is. But aesthetically, I played that game when I was like in the seventh grade and it fucking blew my mind and it's stuck with me ever since. And like, I just wanted a festival that just felt kind of, just fun and vibrant and video game-like to when you're a kid and you, you know, play that first Grand Theft Auto game or whatever and you realize that it's like, yo, the power is in your hands. Like, you can go wherever you want, do whatever you want. Yeah. I want to create that same vibe for people when they walk through those gates. And so, um, the lineup is crazy. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you all the people on it. You're just gonna have to go. Follow us at City 614 on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Uh, and then also on Facebook, and then you can just go to the website, which is CloudCity614.com, um, to f- get the full lineup. But we mainly wanted it to be EDM-ish, hip hop-ish, because that's kind of where me and Raiden, our expertise is for the most part. Yeah. In terms of booking. But yeah, we're gonna have a movie theater in there. We're gonna have a comedy club. We're gonna have Damn. a fucking photo studio. We're gonna have a barcade. We're gonna have a little grocery store. We're gonna have like a medic tent. We're gonna. We're really trying to build a city. Damn. And so and I want to have scavenger hunts and shit in there. I want to have all types of hidden stuff for people to do. And uh, yeah, we're really trying to... The same way you guys call your people pedestrians, that's why I freaked <laughs> out about that. That's why I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Because we are doing the same thing with Cloud City. Everything we're doing, we're trying to take the city angle of it. Of like, what would the firemen of cloud city look like what would the fucking auditors of Cloud City, you know we're really trying to (laughs) take it out its full you know way and really run with that idea as much as possible so it'll be september 7th at 400 rich um tickets are going to go on sale very very soon and uh yeah we're going to have multiple tiers of tickets too there's going to be lots of options in terms of you know discounts if you buy them with a group of people and stuff like that so we're not trying to gouge people right out of the gate or whatever, But we will have ticket options for people that want to pay more. We will have ticket options for people that want to pay less as well. And also, I don't know. When do you guys release your episodes? When will this one Wednesday be? This will go
1: up a week from today that we're recording it.
2: Okay, bet. Yeah. So, in that case, two days from when you guys see this uh, at Chrome Edge Studios um, on June 21st we are having the free pre-event for Cloud City so we're doing a little mini version of Cloud City in there we're going to have some gaming station setups and some photo studios set up we're going to do a video director showcase we're going to have a dank meme war we're going <laughs> to have we're going to have all types <laughs> of shit and then we're going to have a couple different DJs cut you know a few different rappers and singers bands and stuff like that so that's going to be the first pre-event we're going to do and we're going to try and do another one in August as well but it's free it's fucking all ages so come through uh, yeah and it's I can't say that it's BYMB, but it's BYMB. <laughs> so yeah, Dude,
0: so, I already called work off for this shit. Like I put it in my system. Oh yeah, September September hell seven. yeah. I've been amped for this for, since like the very first moment I heard about it.
2: It's gonna be like, it's gonna be interesting, man. It's the hardest thing that me and my team have ever had to do. Yeah. Um. Shouts out to everybody that's been working with us on it, Cassie, Emily, Isaiah, all all the Cloud City crew. I love you guys all so much. Um, It's been a fucking challenge, man. It's really, really hard throwing festivals together. And also, shout out to the other festivals in Columbus. Shout out to 2x2 and Josh. I'm helping them with their pre and after event and stuff like that, so be sure to make it out to those. Big shout out to Narbecue. I think Narbecue definitely takes the cake. I don't want to say that they have a better lineup than ours only because we're covering sort of different sectors of music, Mm -hmm. but the lineup for Narbecue this year is the most completed didn't miss a beat fucking music fest lineup i've ever seen they've got metal bands in there they've got edm in there they've got hip-hop they've got singers they've got indie rock they've got folk they've got comedy they've got everything in there so big shout out to the guys at Narbecue, guys and gals at narbq uh <laughs> as well and uh so yeah
0: we might have to check nice. that out yeah yeah narbq
2: yeah. is gonna be so, fucking crazy i'm definitely going this year provided i'm not booked out of town somewhere where is that so it's gonna be at uh it's woodland's backyard Oh okay. Yeah, okay. it's just right down the street. Nice. So and yeah.
0: uh, when is that?
2: I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's in July. Most of the festivals this summer are kind of all tucked away in July, which is a we're kind of the last one to the trough. We're yeah. you know originally we were gonna be there on June seventh, um, and I'm it's, it's sort of a blessing in disguise. Our date got pushed, but there was some fuckery with the the government of Columbus, okay. and they had basically forced us to change our date yeah. because they didn't make. And it's a big fucking story. I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna chew up that, you know, amount of time, but yeah. But Cloud City is September 7th. September 7th. that uh, 400 rich tickets will be going on sale very, very soon. And uh we hope to see you guys there. It'll be kick ass. Yeah. Cool. 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 She said it's like going kill me, yes, it probably will. But I feel like I'm dying when I'm standing still. They don't bam my phone, I got some things I'm doing. Yes, baby, I love you, just not like the music.
0: So earlier we mentioned your release show when mm-hmm. we went
2: there. And uh,
0: I wanted to bring up, just because I've been, I've been bumping Lights Out of the Palace since that day. Thank and you. Was, of course, man. Like it, you, thank it, you. It, it's fucking slaps. And, <laughs> like. Well, you Ant- can thank Raiden
2: for that, man. Raiden definitely brought the heat with production in there. Yeah. Raiden and Replay, man. Antonym? Yeah. Wh- who was that? That was Raiden. Raiden? Yeah. That beat goes hard. It really does. It's one of Raiden's best beats. I'm so thankful he gave it to me. Yeah. I'm thankful I did it justice. It was, uh, yeah, I really, um, I really liked that song. That was the first. That was the song that actually made me write the project. Yeah. I had had that hook idea. That hook was on a different song, and it was originally for something else. And then I heard that beat, and I just sort of had the melody, and I was playing with it for about a month or so. But then once I actually wrote the song, I was like, okay, I need to do a whole project with this and whatnot. So, oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I wrote this down because I wanted to ask about it, but it, yeah. I, this is the hook that you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said, this life going to kill me, yes, it probably will, but I feel like I'm dying when I'm standing still. Does that hold true for you? Yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, sure. obviously,
2: you wouldn't write something fake, but... For sure. You know. So, okay. So, all the songs in Lights Out in the Palace are all, you know, tied together. It's... The whole project is, like, about one thing, which is, like, for some reason... That was an album idea when we were making Rubicon, you know. That was one of the title ideas I had. Raiden didn't really like it, but I was like, "Well, this shit's sick as fuck." So fuck you. I'm gonna do something with it. I like it. <laughs> but um, I had been thinking about Saddam Hussein a lot, hmm. oddly enough, and like this is a this is like a weird story, but there's an HBO miniseries a long time ago that came out called The House of Saddam. And I had been I do uh, fan mixes of movies, which is basically like when the Star Wars prequels came out, everyone fucking hated them, so they started editing Jar Jar Binks out of the movies and like <laughs> redoing it. And but then that started a whole culture of people that re-edit movies and stuff like that. And it's a very like secretive, hard to get into online culture. But I've been doing it for years now. Okay. And you, I, I like take I just remix movies basically. Like I did one where I took Training Day and put it all in black and white and then put the L.A. noir soundtrack, like the video game soundtrack over nice. it and blend it in and stuff like that. It's that just different. It's bit. just like remixing a song, but you just do it with movies instead. Yeah. So I was doing one. I tried to compile every single movie that had ever been made about the war on terror into one long continuous story. And so I took like 20 different movies and matched them all together. So I needed scenes from House of dawn So that got me thinking about, you know, I saw what his palace looked like and what the palace looked like after the American military dropped a bomb through it. And, um, I was really just happened to see a bunch of content and different things about people that had sort of, you know, fallen off or gotten their wish and it didn't turn out to be what they wanted or they sacrificed so much for success and it didn't turn out well. So the whole idea of lights out in the palace is like, you've achieved your dream, you've already made it, you've got your big ass palace but now things are failing and you can't even keep the lights on and like so that's really what it's about, it's about getting what you want and it not being what you thought and the thing that you thought you wanted is actually the thing that's going to trap you and stuff like that and it's about being trapped in a big empty palace all alone kind of so um, so yeah those lyrics of like you know she said this life won't kill me, that's something that an ex of mine has said and, you know, and I've said like, yeah, it probably will. But it's like the alternative, you know, is because that's uh, the song. That's how I like it or how I like it. why well, I forget what the name of the like song is. Like it's a four-letter word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. a four-letter word. I forget my own song title. So it's a real professional. Forget your own name, but, too. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey. clears throat> but that, um, that, that's what that song is about, too. Of just like it's about these are all the destructive things that this is doing to me. This is all bad stuff that's happening to me. But, yeah, I like it. Because, like, this is the alternative to not doing this stuff is a dull, sort of meaningless existence in and of itself or whatever. So that's sort of the vibe of the whole project is just about, like, having success and it's not what it was. And it's sort of a sequel to Sad Los Angeles, the last EP I did before that. Because Sad Los Angeles is just about the dichotomy of you know, you're in LA, you think you're making moves musically, but it's rainy the whole time. And it's like, shit's not working out and you don't feel cool. You feel lame and stuff like that. Like, you know, I love taking traditional hip hop tropes and then trying to flip them on their head and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's basically what Antonym is kind of about is just about, you know, like, sorry, like I, I do love you. And like, I'm into you as well, but it's not nearly as much as I'm into the music and stuff, so that's kind of what it's about. It's like, I sound like a super big dick on this whole project, <laughs> too, like, and I, a lot of it is intentional. It's a very crass project. It's very, like, uh, I don't want to say sexist, but it's just like, it is very overtly sexual and just sort of, like, dismissive and not really accounting for people's feelings, and like, that is the whole way I wanted to do it. I wanted to portray somebody who had sacrificed all decency for their art and stuff like that. And then kind of play that idea out of like, what's the logical conclusion of that? What does that sound and look like? Which is why it sounds so fucking dark and depressing and whatnot. Which is also why I did the Nine Inch Nails cover at the very Mm. end of it too. Yeah. So. The line begins to blur. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the Nine Inch Nails. And so I've always, I've played that cover and wrote that cover a long time ago um, at least like, like the guitar to it because yeah. it sounds nothing like the original song but um, and I never knew where to put it but I was kind of th- when I started putting this project together I was like you know what man I'm gonna do that because no one puts cover songs on their hip hop albums either that's just a thing that doesn't happen so true Yeah. I think their version of Hurt is better than the Johnny Cash cover Yeah, I mean you're one of the few people, but uh, (laughs) Trent Reznor's version I heard is great, man, and it was obviously great enough to get Johnny Cash's attention. So I I think they're both good. There's a lot of instances where the cover is better because like people don't know that "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell that's a cover. Yeah, like plenty of people have covered the Soft Cell version of it, like Marilyn Manson or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that's a almost all pop songs that came out of the '80s are all covers of songs by obscure artists in the '60s. And uh, it's amazing how much music has gotten recycled throughout the ages, and hits get recycled. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as you sample 15 seconds of a fucking Marvin Gaye song, you need to have a $20 million lawsuit about it. It's complete uh, bullshit. The world yeah. is so unbelievably fucking biased towards hip-hop, and so dismissive of it. And still to this day, hip-hop doesn't get an iota of the actual respect that it deserves. So I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Another thing I noticed, uh, I read this in one of the uh, alive articles that you've been uh, interviewed for. Yeah. You call where
2: you live now, or is it? Well, I live in Bexley now, so I don't. Li- I don't okay. call Bexley Little Vegas, but uh, well, what is Little Vegas? So I about that. man, I grew up in Lancaster, Ohio, okay. and there's nothing to do in that town but do drugs. And um, somewhere along the line, once I was sort of in high school, a friend of mine who actually it's I'm so happy to to say he's still around and he still kinda comes to my shows and stuff like that. He coined the phrase it was my friend Matt. He just started calling it Little Vegas. And like I thought that was the coolest shit ever and so it just kinda caught on and we just sort of called Lancaster Little Vegas because you can't rhyme anything with Lancaster. But (laughs) um you know, and it just sort of—it's just like oh, a little joke we had in what we called you know our hometown and stuff, and uh, so that's really where it came from. But I just realized once I did the Sam Rothstein thing and I was Sam Rothstein, that I was like, well, where is the character of Sam Rothstein? Where is he actually in? And then Little Vegas was—it just I remembered that, and I was like, oh, well, this is perfect because I was rapping about Lancaster, I was rapping about what was going on. You know, a ton of my friends are getting addicted to heroin and stuff like that. And, you know, Percocet and, you know, just name it. And the city in general was just in fucking chaos. It was crazy. It was a really, really wild time that I was writing about and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and I knew I needed to kind of get away from it and get out of there. But I also knew that I couldn't start my rap career, be an artist and not talk about that stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's really where it came from was just needing a cooler way to say Lancaster, Ohio. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you write stuff, you got to write from what you know, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what you knew. I mean, you, Well, yeah. yeah, and it's like, I, I look, man, anybody, there's a lot of rappers out here that do realistic stuff, and they rap about their real life, and I was also doing the same. But rap is entertainment, and it's not just art. It has to be entertaining, and rappers take dramatic license all the time. Plenty of rappers that have said, you know, like, oh, I pulled the piece out and I shot him twice or whatever. They probably know a guy who did that. They probably know a dude that pulled out the piece and shot a dude twice, and they're rapping from his perspective. They're yeah. b- they're acting as that dude's voice. And I was doing the same. I rapped about addiction a lot and doing drugs and heroin and shit like that, that... I never was addicted to heroin, but I knew plenty of people that were voiceless and I wanted to talk about their experience because also I was thinking about their experience. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's basically where it all kind of came from was just sort of a window into like, okay, if Sam Rothstein is the rap version of me, who I really am, Little Vegas is the rap version of, uh, you know, Lancaster and stuff like that. Yeah. So Well, I think
1: it's one thing to kind of out of like, to bring a voice to those who don't have one, and it's mm-hmm. a completely never th- a completely different thing to just make up
2: shit. Yeah, to just say and, that, yeah, yeah you do just... all this shit that you don't really yeah. do. Yeah, Yeah, and that's, I, I think, a pretty big problem in hip-hop now, because so many younger artists... It's not the way they're rapping. People get hung up on the mumble rap thing, and get hung up on the fact that it's trap beats and stuff like that, and I don't really care about that, but it's <clears throat> the content of so many of these young rappers that concerns me because they are rapping about Lambos and all this other stuff. And it's like, they've never seen one in real life. (laughs) Like they've literally never seen one in real life. And it's one thing, you know, I used to write raps about living in a fucking mansion and all that other shit. And it's sort of like a manifestation type thing, you know, like, but now it's just so much of the content. It's just like, yo, you just heard a rapper say that. And now you're just saying what they said. I think people sort of gravitated towards me in the beginning. I know a lot of small town people really did. Because they're like, hey, I know what you're talking about. Like, I can actually relate to that. And I would say it. And I'd say it honestly and stuff like that. And people hadn't heard it put in a way like that yet. Or they hadn't heard it put in a way like that from someone that rapped like me or whatever. So um, I I would just tell any younger rapper that's out here doing this. Just like, yo, rap what you know. Yeah. You can do it over trap beats. You can make it as lit as fuck. You can you can make it however you want, but if it's not honest, people can tell, man. People can feel it if you don't believe it. And a lot of these dudes just don't. When they rap, they don't believe themselves. So Yeah, and I think it's a lot of like what you said
1: earlier. It's just like people trying to show skills like, look, I'm able to put this word and make it rhyme with this word. Like I don't really care so much about like the actual lyrical content and the message of the song. They're just kind of Yeah. Hey, you know, this is the shit that I saw on fucking MTV. Let me write a song and try to see how
2: many... Yeah, and to to some degree, like, you know, my first project, I was trying to be Action Bronson and failing and like, but that's how I found out who Sam Rothstein was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody starts out just trying to be the shit they listen to and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a natural part of the process because you have no other, you don't know where else to go. You know, when you're just starting, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll try to be like the stuff I heard. But, you know, from there you have to go and figure out, okay, who am I really? What is true and honest to me? Because there have been plenty of songs. I admire the people that make songs and don't release them. Because me, I'll write songs and then not make them. Yeah. But I don't make songs and then not release them. Yeah. If I've recorded it and shit like that, like I'm ready to release it for the most part.
0: Like you put the work in, you, know, yeah. you want to. Get, it, no, it's not even about work. It's yeah. just
2: about like, yeah. I took it because I hate recording. It's my yeah. least favorite part of the entire process of this career. I Same fucking year. hate recording. Yeah. Um, and I like my voice too. I don't really have a big problem with my voice for the most part, but <clears throat> it's just the notion of, uh, you know that one that take is written in ink. You know, that's the final one. That's the one that people are gonna hear potentially after you're dead.
0: Yeah.
2: And, you know, I always wonder about that. And I also got way more self conscious and wondered about it much more after my friend Ness died. Because that's words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because when he you know uh he was one of the closest things I had to a musical mentor and he didn't even know it. He didn't know he was my mentor, but um you know, I just loved the way he sounded on records. And he would just crank out recordings and shit like that. And he was just a monster on stage and a monster on records. And after he died, I listened to his music a lot. And I it meant so much. And I was so grateful because that was the only thing I had left of him. And was his music. And I was so grateful that I had the music. That I could listen to it and hear. And... Um, then I started thinking more about like, okay, someone's gonna do this with me too. So what the fuck am I doing? Like if I, why am I releasing anything that's not something I hundred percent stand behind? You know what I mean? Yeah. So and even to this day, I still haven't lived up a hundred percent to that. There's stuff I released that I'm like eighty five percent on or you know whatever. But uh, you never know. Your eighty five percent could be someone else's hundred percent. You know, True that. people could hear it and just be like, oh, it's fucking amazing. I love that one because there's so many random songs of mine people tell me that they like and I'm just like, really? Like, that's that's the one you like? But, I don't know, it's a tricky thing, man. And it's harder for me to make music now with sort of fan stuff in mind, you know? Like, my li- my views and plays and all that shit, I'm, I haven't had, like, a steady incline in listeners and I'm not, like, the most poppin' rapper out here and stuff like that. And I also took two years fucking trying to put other rappers on and do shows and stuff. But I'm very happy and comfortable at the place I am now with how I release music. Cause like the people that hear my music, I'm going to see them and they talk to me and they tell me like, Hey, I really like this one song. And like, just with lights out in the palace, the amount of people that have just told me that they heard it. And it's not a ton of people. It's not fucking thousands or anything like that. But it's like, yo, I made music and people heard it and liked it yeah. and reacted to it. And they told me in person. Like, there's not much more you can ask for for that. Not to mention the people that have bought it. Thank you to every single one of you that have done that. You can find it on Bandcamp right now. $7. <laughs> uh, I did that shit. But, yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, you have no idea how thankful I am for that, man. Like, it really does mean a lot to me. But I'm also, I'm not out here trying to be the next Drake. Now I'm at a point to where it's like, I know how to do other stuff in music that I don't have to rely on. I mean, I talk about that in Sirens. I say, you know, my money's linked to more than just the strength of my flows now. And uh, I don't have to just rely on my rapping to try and have a career in music. Yeah. So now that I have that extra cushion and that kind of comfort, I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to release exactly what I want to. I'm done caring about what people may think about it and these hypothetical critics or whatever. I just want to put music out again, man. And just, you know, get creative with it again. So... I ain't felt at home in a minute, and we ain't even a thing, but you still cry. I just feel alone in the crib, antsy. You treat me like a king, but you don't ride.
0: And I know- yeah, I'm hoping to put something out this summer, so, yeah. yeah. You've inspired me in this moment to, <laughs> Good. to actually pursue that. Good, man. I'm Maybe a video that.
1: guy. I don't really... I'm not a, I mean, I listen to music, but I never really...
0: This motherfucker right here made a video about the latest Apple shit, and it's really good, and you should listen to it and watch it, because I watch a lot of commentary
2: channels. So you do like do, the YouTube well. stuff though? Yeah. So. Well you have a way better chance of making money than fucking we do. <laughs> Jesus dude. YouTube's blowing up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you do anything political in which they'll just yeah. demonetize your yep. videos and fucking <laughs> whatever. Mine's but... just kinda
1: like look at this computer I built and then I have like the short films that I do. Yeah. Yeah. But then I have like I have like two separate stuff where I have like some commentary stuff and then I have like the actual narratives that I do. Oh okay.
2: So. I used to do video game commentaries on YouTube and stuff oh, yeah? like that. Yeah, I would That's do a cool. lot of I love doing that stuff, man, and like film is ultimately where I want to end up. I want to end up making movies and stuff like that, because I write screenplays and stuff like that, but hmm. I'm still in my vulnerable, just making the art stage with that, yeah. you know what I mean? I got you. But yeah. I just feel like all the music stuff that I've done and all the stuff with shows and live entertainment is a, not a stepping stone, but a training course to get me to actual film directing, because I, I just feel like you don't direct films unless you're really good with music, you're really good with dialogue, you're really good with actors, you're really good with editing, you're really good with all of the things that go into it, you know what I mean? So, <coughs> yeah, that's kind of where
0: I'm at with it. And uh, Blueprint did an episode back in 2017 on Super Duty Tough Work. Shout out you guys, you're pretty cool. Um, more than pretty cool, you guys are fucking awesome. But, uh, I listen to you guys while drawing axe-doring boards, so that should, that should uh, flare your egos a little bit. But, uh, back in 2017, Blueprint was making King No Crown, mm-hmm. uh, which I still have yet to watch because I'm an asshole. Uh, I need to watch that.
2: It was a good movie. I watched it. Was it, it really? Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, um, that was very inspiring to me. Blueprint's probably the most successful independent artist to come out of Columbus, I yeah. would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not... I don't know if there's probably a couple other bands that have had similar success or whatever in terms of hip hop artists though I definitely think Blueprint's probably the most successful to come out Yeah, I agree Um, and and just the longevity of his career has been crazy and that's what's so cool about seeing him and Illogic on that podcast is they both have such a good perspective on it big shout out to Illogic too he was actually at the release show oh really Uh, yeah he was he randomly so like he doesn't come to Pipeline's he doesn't sure. come to any of the other shows we have. But if I have a release show, he will show up and take pictures of me. That's cool. And he just wants to hear my new music. Like, he's just a fan of my music. <laughs> but, like, we don't interact that much outside of that. Yeah. But um, it means the fucking world to me. Because I listened to Illogic in high school before I even knew he was from Columbus. Oh, right. Yeah. And then, like, it was at a cypher for the first 2x2 fest that I was on. And uh, I was just like, and he showed up. And it was just, I was just like oh, holy fuck that's so loud. Like, What the <laughs> fuck? I was so nervous about it, man. But like, that's also when I realized that it's just like, yeah, man, you can just be a middle class dude and have a rap career, and people can know you, and you can perform in Japan, and you can do other stuff. But it's like, you can still just be a regular dude, and that it was meeting artists like that that really kind of put the ideas of being the next Drake and all that shit out of my mind. Of mm-hmm. like, yo, it's actually kind of cooler to. Me, small time, <laughs> kind of well, comparatively. Just, just to really just have the freedom. Well, yeah, yeah. To just have the freedom to do what you want, but that's how you're paying your bills. It is really your art, and yeah, you don't have a mansion, but it's like, I don't know that I ever grew up dreaming about living in a mansion. Hip hop tells you that that's something you should want, or you know, just general American success tropes tell you that's what you should want, but it's like I don't want a fucking big ass mansion. I don't like vacuuming my fucking small place. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't need all of these things that success tells you that you need. What you need is peace of mind. What you need is, you know, a sense of purpose, a sense of uh, accomplishment and stuff like that. But yeah, if you got, because again, lights out in the palace, that's what it's about too. I got to a point in my own personal career where I didn't need a job anymore and I could pay the bills off of that. But then I, I looked at the cost of that, at what it took to actually do that, and my music suffered, my personal relationship suffered, my, you know, like, it's a hard thing to do and that, that, this life will take shit from you, man. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Also, just shut me up and ask more questions, too. Okay. Like, I'll just keep, like,
0: fucking going. That's good. Um, this will be a quick one, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, and then yeah. after that I have a really tough one, so okay. get, your, okay. get your brain prepared. I didn't write it down this time. You know what question I'm going to ask, don't you?
2: probably the usual
0: one. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 so uh first one pretty pretty quick what are
2: the best columbus venues to see shows at Ugh, best columbus venues it just really depends on what you're there for yeah because we throw shows at hampton's on king which is one of objectively the worst venues in Columbus (laughs) but we throw the best shows there and they can't be the best shows at other venues Yeah, because sometimes you need a disgusting moldy basement like sometimes that's what the show calls (laughs) for and when we do Space Camp that's kind of what we wanted even though we're going to be at Scully's uh, for the next Space Camp which is a big level up for us but um, yeah I just feel like you know I've always loved Victories I think Victories Mm -hmm. is a good middle of the road you'll see a good show if you're in Victories bands can play there they like it they got good sound they got cheap drinks Uh, Ruby Tuesday's live on Summit Street also not a bad one Um, if you want a more glitzy clubby vibe fucking Trism, I guess um, I know a lot of people
1: like to go to uh, the Donato's basement over on campus. Yeah,
2: th- uh, that's where we throw the Ass Out Comedy Night. That's where oh, we yeah. throw our comedy show. And Sorry Donato's basement is actually that. really, really good. Yeah. What? Sorry, we couldn't make it out to that. No, it's okay. I, I had a bad fever that day. Yeah, it's like
0: I don't want to go. When well,
2: people me. tell me they can't make something because they're sick, I'm like fucking thank you because I can't <laughs> afford to get sick. Fair so enough. I don't yeah. ever want sick people at my shows. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, Donato's basement's really good though. They they did a lot of work. To that, Columbus is just lucky, man. Columbus has a ton of venues. Yeah. I mean, we have got random places like Tree Bar, which is just a fucking tiny little room with a tree that grows up in the floor. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Used to own that place? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 in Grandview. It's not far. Yeah. But um, that's cool. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good places. But as far as the best or the worst, I'm not really gonna say because I also have to deal with these venues. So. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I thought about that as I was asking <laughs> the <that> question.
0: So. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> So here's the hard one. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to really... Uh, it's okay if you need a second. Okay. Kenneth had no idea what to say. For that. <laughs> okay. Um, and I asked this of every creative. Uh, I've started asking this of every creative that we've had on the podcast. Yeah, which is about every guest that we have on the Pretty podcast. Pretty much every guest, yes. So what makes you unique in what you do mm. in general? What I do... And and being a
2: rapper and being a, throwing shows and being a promoter, you know. What makes me unique as a rapper is um, I took the things that could have been things that worked against me. And I was just upfront about them. Like, my strength as a rapper was the fact that, you know, I drove a Buick for most of the time I had a car. Just like this big ass grandma Buick. And I flipped that. And that's not very cool. Like, it's not a cool car to whip around in. But I embraced it. And I made the Buick a thing. I made it a, a thing of my identity. And I also think I'm good with, with iconography. And I'm good at making things mimetic. And the same way that, like, Star Wars is more popular than Star Trek. Because you know what a lightsaber sounds like. Yeah. And you know what a lightsaber is. Even if you don't really watch Star Wars, it's just in the culture now. Yeah. And so I took things like Little Vegas and or my Buick or Sam scene, or whatever. And I tried to make things have their own iconography kind of within my world and stuff like that. And um, in terms of throwing shows, I mean, I could fucking go all day on that. <laughs> but we're unique because our shows have an identity. Yeah. Everything I've ever tried to do, I've tried to give it a little more personality as opposed to so many artists do just want to fit in. And they want and that can even come from a creative place too. Because I think about an album like Continuum by John Mayer and that album is so perfect and so good that it's almost bland. Things can be so perfect that they don't, that they're not even interesting anymore. It's like how Ed Sheeran is. Yeah. You're not going to find one note that's wrong in an Ed Sheeran song, but it's fucking boring. Yeah. Because nothing's wrong with it. The same way punk music, everything's wrong with it. And it's interesting because of that somehow. And so it's like we try to, I've always tried to embrace my flaws and be honest about them and not shame them and run from them but embrace them as part of the bigger picture of the good and the bad so that's kind of i guess what kind of makes me unique
0: that is so. a good ass answer yeah, yeah i like that
2: yeah cool. yeah the first thing
0: not no disrespect kenneth because your answer you ended up coming with a. he also really takes pictures that's so hard to describe <laughs> know, like, he I takes fucking pictures and i'm a dick for asking him <laughs> i totally acknowledge that but like i i asked him that and he was like I don't know. Is that good enough for you? I like am
2: me and I'm the only
0: me that will be me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, like, I'm Kenneth Jackson and no one else is Kenneth Jackson. No, one,
2: Nobody me. takes better crowd shots than Kenneth. Oh, Kenneth yeah. knows how to take a picture of a crowd really well. Mm-hmm. He understands that you need to get the crowd and the performer in the fucking shot. Yeah. Kenneth does a lot of stuff that he is definitely. I I can't say he's my favorite photographer because it's a dead tie between him and Dreamcatchers because they've both provided me with such fucking good work. And Annie as well. Annie's definitely, I think, the most artistic of the three. But in terms of, if you want baseline documentation and good, solid, fucking cool-looking pictures from your event, Kenneth is the dude to go with, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, I built a business, living different. My best friend, an apparition. My ex wishing I was dead and missing, but I still manifest a vision. I just jug until my problems has gone. Molly make me feel like Molotov.
1: Interested in supporting the show? Consider checking out our merch store at rebbubble.com slash people slash gab dash street. Also consider donating to the ko page. It'll help us out a lot. Now back to the show.
0: Dope. Okay, we have like maybe... Three more things to go through, okay, and they're all relatively. Let's go through them, so we won't make your uh, your editing time super uh, super long. We're already at the longest episode we've ever done, so. (laughs) Dope. Yes. Awesome. Not for you sometimes, but that's (laughs) awesome. Okay, Uh, so I'm just gonna list a bunch of shit that I see you representing a lot. Okay. So, Cloud City. First of all, you're on that. Six one four pipeline. Peer pressure. Space Camp HQ. I see you being involved with trap metal shows. Do you throw those? Or do you so I've thrown two?
2: one trap metal show. Just one. and okay. Yeah, and I am trying to throw more. Hmm. Uh, it's hard yeah. because trap metal is not really in Columbus like that yet. It Columbus is very late to the party in that. The biggest drawback with Columbus is we have so many creatives, so much sort of self-sustaining, like a healthy art scene in general that we have blinders on and we don't look at what's going on in the rest of the world. So we think the shit is just the coolest shit ever here in Columbus, and we love it. We'll keep showing up for it. But they don't do that shit in other cities. Yeah. So Columbus artists oftentimes can't succeed in other cities because they can only succeed in the place that incubated them. Yeah. Um, so with Trap Metal, I'm trying to develop the audience a little bit more. I just met a very dope Trap Metal artist, though, from Kent called Freely Spoken. Big shout out to him. He was amazing. Um, so yeah, there is, and I've been finding more as a guy from Columbus named Ego Death. There's a couple more trap metal starting to pop up in Columbus. It's I'm not interested in doing trap metal stuff unless it's actually integrated with metal bands too though. Okay. So that's where things get really really tricky because metal bands bands are just fucking hard to deal with. They just are. And not because like they're prima donnas, but like physically they're hard to deal with because when a band is playing, you have to put their equipment somewhere. Yeah. And, and most venues don't have a backstage area to load in stuff, so it's like that's taking up room that people could be standing at and stuff like that so yeah it's one thing if
1: it's a soundboard and a microphone and a laptop it's another yeah. thing if it's like a drum set yeah
2: a drum set amps all. and all this other shit because I help throw a rock show called Locals Ruin Everything it's more like a it's like a pop punk kind of emo type show and uh, yeah a third of the fucking venue is just a d- drum sets when we do that you know what I mean because there's nowhere else to put it but mm-hmm. luckily a lot of bands are used to it and shit like that so that's cool yeah, shout out a, a few bands that have popped up over
0: the last few years. First of all, Mr. Anderson, it's mm-hmm. pretty dope. Uh, Fortune, Fortune Orange. Orange.
2: We had. Yeah, they're going to be on Cloud City. Yeah, we saw oh, it. That's, That's good. good. Yeah, okay. man. Orange awesome. Orange is incredible. Shout out to Knowles, all those guys, man. Yeah. Shout out to Sam. They're a fucking incredible dude. And those dudes are musicians through and through, dude. Yeah. I was at their house one night randomly after a fucking show that me and Rainy came back from. And they were like, they had a bunch of the silent disco headphones for some reason. So we just threw a silent disco at his house and just like nice. threw a house party and shit. Nice. And I remember talking to them. And I brought up the Dire Straits or something. Hmm. And like they both, the guitarist and the bassist immediately just started talking about the Dire Straits guitarist and like just this like autistic encyclopedia like knowledge (laughs) of them. And I was just like, okay, you guys are the real fucking deal. And then I booked them for the pipeline we did in January at Wild Goose Creative. And I really got to see them play. And I was just like, oh, you guys are fucking incredible. They're a whole other wave. So big shout out to Fortune Orange, man. I have yet to see
0: him live. So mm.
2: I, I'm really pumped to see Incredible, that. Incredible, man. A lot of chicks. A lot of chicks watching that band, man. So nice. any band that can do that, any band that has attractive females in their fan base, they're going to be fine. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm sorry, man. It's a, it's a very crass thing to admit. But attractive females are the engine for all of entertainment. Like, none of this shit works without attractive females in there somewhere. Because attractive females don't go to places alone. So they bring friends. So instead of having one person show up to the show, you now have five. But now there's a group of attractive females, which means dudes are going to be like, hey, there's a whole bunch of bitches here. So dudes want to go to the show. <laughs> and then dudes want to buy those girls drinks so the bar benefits. And then it's just, it all works out. And so I used to not believe it. I used to be like, no, it's about art. And nope, <laughs> it's about hot chicks. It's about getting hot chicks to the show. That's what half this shit really is.
0: That's so, how uh, Fire Festival se- got any traction. I've never yeah. seen it broken down like that. That's kind of genius. <laughs> yeah,
2: it I mean, true. it is true, man. It's It, it kind of sucks to, to, you know, see, but... You look at all the most popular music in the world and then tell me if hot chicks like it or not. And the answer will be yes, they do. <laughs> like oh, hot chicks love Beyoncé. Hot chicks love Adele. Hot chicks love Ed Sheeran, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next subject. <laughs> two more bands, I think two more.
0: Booty and the Kid, mm-hmm. is another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, big they're really the dope. One. They are and I have a, have uh, a Emperor Chaz Emperor Chaz is also very dope big those, shout out to all those guys man yeah those are the four bands I can think of that are like popping right mm. now that I'm a huge fan of yeah and they're they're like Columbus and they're about Columbus and they rap about Columbus and yeah it's great yeah so it's, it's super awesome yeah love those guys bands you, are great were you about to say something no nah, I, I was saying I have a Beauty and the Kid sticker on the side of my computer cool I have one on the side of my trombone case I don't think I've ever mentioned that I actually play trombone on this podcast that's so sweet there you go I, I know how to play that um, but this man plays the giant slide whistle yes or as uh, <laughs> as my friend Olivia called it the slidey fart horn <laughs> um, oh yeah Emperor Chaz we, uh, we DM'd a little while back about you needing a horn player I'm right here so uh, <laughs> hit me up um,
2: but I love bands with horn sections dude. this man kicks ass, so yes. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. kicks ass in the brass kicks ass in the brass um, uh, yeah, no, if you got a horn, if you got any brass in your band, I'm immediately a bigger fan, mostly because I'm biased and I play brass, but like, mm-hmm. it's also just better Yeah, in general. So that's cool. Um, one last thing, unless you want to talk about Muzo Radio or Ass Out real quick. Nah.
2: nah. <laughs> Ass Out, uh, the Ass Out Comedy Night happens, uh, June 28th it's at Denon's Basement. $5 we got a great lineup. Stand-up comedy, a live podcast, come out. It's a fucking really great time.
0: All right, cool. We'll have to hit that up. That'll be fun. Yeah, you definitely yeah. should.
2: Okay. Um
0: Okay, quick question. Who does the promotional art for your Instagram? Is that you or what who? Do you would-
2: mean? Like, there's the like stuff the, on my the flyers. Instagram. Yeah, it's me. It's all me. It's all you? Yeah. That shit is kick ass. <clears throat> Thank you. Seriously, Thank I look you. at that. I'm I don't very... brag about it enough. I'm actually really good at graphic design. <laughs> yeah. and like, um, but no, man, I've actually sold a lot of graphic design work this week. So if you guys ever need album artwork or covers or flyers or whatever, man, please hit me up. I'm very, very cheap. I'm very, very fast. Um, basically just like the McDonald's of graphic design <laughs> it really just came out of necessity dude like yeah. Yeah. there was a time that so many people don't remember now and it was only five years ago but like the art scene in Columbus was fucking nowhere near what it is now and it was like a 10 percent of it and there was just a lot of boo-boo flyers out there there's just a lot of terrible flyers and stuff but I was getting booked for shows but I was like ugh, oh, you know like I'm not sharing this so I'd make my own flyer and then <clears throat> once I started doing the pipeline you know that's when I really needed to you know I needed a graphic designer but I was like I'm just gonna have to figure out a way to do this better you know myself so I just learned but almost you know all the for the most part now we're about half and half with the show flyers like the Space Camp flyers a lot of times we farm those out I've done about half of those um, the Ass Out Comedy Night flyers I do all those nice the Locals Ruin Everything I don't do any of those okay uh, that's Finn she does those yeah I noticed those are big different. shout out to her yeah. those are incredible but uh, yeah all my album art though and song artwork I've done all of that so sweet Yeah, I'm impressed every single time. Thank you, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm like obsessed with fonts. Like fonts are (laughs) a huge thing with me. Cool. And uh, and it really comes from movie posters. Yeah. I used to collect DVDs, so I had you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DVDs, and I would spend so much time looking at you know just how things are arranged and Mm -hmm. the font and stuff like that did so. you see that SNL skit that they did a while back about how the avatar <laughs> used <logo> papyrus <laughs> thank you for bringing that up because every time I tell people about that they're just like that's not funny I don't get it and I'm just like yo it's hilarious yeah. <laughs> that a billion dollar movie used fucking papyrus <laughs> for their actual font like yo They could have paid, like, 19 Persian princes to draw their own font with the budget they had for that. But they're like, nah, we're just going to do papyrus. (laughs) And they just did it. And I'm like, wow, James James Cameron. Papyrus will make
1: make it transparent. Boom. Yeah. yeah just a basic Windows font. It was
2: mind-blowing to me when I figured that out. Because, like, I saw it, and it, but the worst part about it is that it fits. Yeah. Like, the worst part about it yeah. is it looks fine. You know what I mean? But they were probably just like, yeah, we just saved $350,000. Right <laughs> yeah. So, great. Let's do it. I've, I've noticed,
1: after seeing that, I've noticed that there's a lot of... Of other movies that have come out after that, and like some before that do have done the same thing. Yeah, uh, like James Franco's The Disaster Artist, which out yeah. the Tommy Wiseau. That I can't remember the name of the font, but that stripped way, straight from like a Windows. Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. DaFont.com, like yeah. that's where I get half of like the ones I do. And CoolText.com is a good one. Yeah, yeah we use Impact. We just
0: use basic.
1: Fucking I just impact. yeah, we just yeah, I, we yeah. just use Impact font for. And it's Impact, nice. Yeah. I like, like, wonder
2: yeah. what the actual font for street signs is. I, you it's, you know, probably it's, not, it's probably not Impact. I it's think not Impact. I designed the logo <laughs> but Impact works like, well. Impact is yeah. great. If you just all caps that bitch, Impact looks fucking great every yeah. time.
0: Yo, if you yeah. saw a, an actual street sign that said Gab Street and it looked like that, your eyes would pop out of your head. Because you're like, yeah. that's not what that shit looks like. Yeah. But I like our design. It's very nice. It's I made that. that. It's a very good one. Okay. Uh...
2: Two more questions. Yes, and they're very they're they're very quick. Okay. How can people find you online? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at sam rothstein official. I would recommend that the most. My Facebook friends are running out. I don't have very many left. Uh, You can find me on Facebook at sam rothstein or just sam rothstein r o t h s t e i n. I'm on Twitter. Don't even remember what my Twitter handle (laughs) is. Don't give a shit either. I fucking hate Twitter i uh, not on Snapchat. I don't like Snapchat either. I know I need to change these things, but when I get a manager, I will. Uh, but yeah, no, the main way is just Instagram, man. Uh, just find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Uh, my phone number is somewhere around there in those two. So if you want to text me, you can, even though I got to stop giving my number out to people. Because too many people just text me now. and just random shit. We've gotten two different show offers in the time we've done this podcast. <laughs> I don't know who these people are, but they have my number somehow and uh so yeah for the most part though uh instagram and uh facebook also you can find me on soundcloud and spotify if you just type in sam rothstein to either one of those i'll pop up so
1: we had a friend of ours who uh, had his phone number. Somebody wrote his phone number all around the school, so yep. he was just getting calls and
2: texts from random people.
1: That's so Eventually, shady. he had to get his phone That's number so changed. Shady. But like even to this day, if you go to the back entrance, right where it says like like there's a plaque there that says like the entrance his phone number is still is like still drawn on there. It so
0: funny. it was everywhere, dude. Yeah. all over the bathrooms, all over the walls in the it cafeteria. Everywhere. It was so funny. He's still I'm
1: funny. sure not funny for
0: him. For the it poor was guy. not funny <laughs> at all for him. <laughs> God, just Appreciate comedic it. value for Poor everyone guys. It was great. Um, <laughs> very last thing. You got any shout-outs you want to give?
2: Uh, I don't have a bunch of shout-outs, but I have a bunch of plugs okay, that I no need worry. to get off. Uh, okay, June 21st. That's Friday, two days from when you're seeing this. That's the Cloud City Pre-Event. That is free come to that Experience Cloud City we are selling discounted tickets in a big big fucking way there where's that again? Uh, it's at uh, Chrome Edge Studios it's in Franklin East Franklin or West Franklin June 22nd Space Camp 10 That is at Scully's We're going to have Corrupt on there We've got Phantom We've got Young Hollywood Summit A whole bunch of people It's going to be Fucking amazing Tickets are online right now They are cheaper If you buy them online So go look at Eventbrite And get those tickets there Or it's 15 at the door But definitely come out to that If you want to fucking headbang And go crazy for a little while uh, And then June 28th We have uh, The Ass Out Comedy Night That's at Donato's Basement It's five bucks All ages Come through to that And then June 29th, we have the next Locals Ruin Everything. I can't remember for the life of me the fucking, the the lineup for that, but I will get it out soon. And then also June 26th, we are starting uh, a bi-weekly event. So have you guys heard of the declassified event I yes, used to do? Yeah, I've been to two of them. So yeah, so I'm trying to make that into a bi-weekly event. Yes. So it's going to be a Victories. It's going to be every other Wednesday starting June 26th. Dude, me so and uh, me and Zealous are going to be doing that. Zealous is going to be on the ones and twos. We're going to try to make it a little more informal of an open mic to get more and more artists through there if we can and stuff. But that's been kind of a passion project of mine, trying to get that deal worked out. Um, to where it makes sense for everybody. But yeah, I'm really trying to create a, a better open mic type space for hip hop artists in Columbus and stuff. So that's what Declassified's kind of turning into and whatnot. Hell yeah. So, yeah, man. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for yeah. having me out. You yeah, too. Of
0: course. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it was a great episode. I love this one. You have an hour and a half to edit now. <sighs> yeah, let's yeah. go. Hey, you don't have to edit anything. Just <laughs> throw it up there. Fuck
1: it. You had to do yeah. transitions and stuff and add the ad read. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's true
0: whatever i can do it if you want Still i got it do. okay bad. cool i got a week to do it so all right try and come up with your witty end of episode quote now uh, i'm gonna I can't click think it anything yeah uh, we'll fine. see you guys next week uh, later stop button uh, eat
1: ass and smoke grass <laughs>